are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Saturday at 2 p.m. to get in on the action. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. I'm your host, Kuka Hill. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. And like I told you guys last week, I had an article drop about Sekou Dumboya, 2,500-plus words, diving into his season, specifically his final strong stretch of the season, going breaking down film, breaking down some stats that are underneath the surface, not just his box score stats, but diving into some statistics. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. I put a lot of work into it. A lot of people seemed to have enjoyed it. So if you haven't read it already, once again, make sure you head over to Detroit Bad Boys and read my article about Sekou's season. But, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, Locker Room is no longer called Locker Room. It's called Spotify Green Room. So make sure you guys go download that. I still I still mess with it. I'm still be doing my rooms over there on, at 2 p.m. on Saturdays. But yeah, it's no longer called Locker Room. It's called Spotify Green Room. So make sure you look up Spotify Green Room in the App Store, wherever, on iOS or on Android. That's what you have to look up now. It's no longer Locker Room. So on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the all-rookie teams. We had them revealed over the weekend did a piston make it? Did two pistons make it? How many pistons made it? We're going to talk about it then. If you haven't heard about it already, we're also going to talk about the big day coming up. And actually, when you guys listen, this is going to be tomorrow. On Tuesday, we got the big day coming, man. The lottery. The 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 big day is going to decide what happens with the pistons moving forward. If if this past season was worth it, if the losing pays off. We're going to find out. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then also at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about not Pistons-related stuff, even though we're going to mention some Piston-related former player. We're going to talk about the playoffs, man, because there's no way that I can't talk about the playoff basketball we got to witness over the weekend. I have to talk about it. So at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about that. But before we get into all that, like I said, we're going to talk about the all-rookie teams. They were revealed and shocking, not really to anybody watching the Pistons out here, but a little bit shocking to people outside of Detroit. The Pistons had two players make it. So on the all-rookie first team, we had Sadiq Bey make it onto the all-rookie first team with LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and Jay Sean Tate. And then on the second team, we had Isaiah Stewart make it, along with Desmond Bain, Isaac Okoro, Emmanuel Quickly, and Patrick Williams. So, obviously, that means Killian Hayes didn't make it. That's not too shocking. And also, Saban Lee did not make it with the Pistons. But to have two Pistons on the all-rookie teams is pretty dope. The last time the Pistons had that happen was with Andre Drummond and Kyle Singler. So, yeah, you're going back quite a while to find that. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty dope to see both of them on there. So, did Isaiah Stewart deserve to be on the all-rookie first team? Um, I guess you could kind of make a case, maybe. I'm Not really. I know there's a lot of people who really like Jayshon Tate. And obviously he deserved that, making it on the first team. So I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not mad about Isaiah Stewart not making the all rookie first team. I'm just super happy or not super happy, just it, it's kinda it's just dope that the Pistons were able to get three or two rookies on the all rookie teams. And once again, 
you gotta give props to Troy Weaver, man. This is this is crazy. Like, we're gonna go back a little bit, but when he made these selections, like Sadiq Bay was was wasn't viewed negatively, but specifically Isaiah Stewart, he was just when they made that pick. Not I don't think I saw one person that liked this pick. Legit, I saw people give it a D plus, C minus after the draft. And like I said, I always point this out. I always say this about Isaiah Stewart in the preseason when I watched Isaiah Stewart play. I said right after one of the games that I don't think that he's going to be able to crack the rotation this year because he just doesn't look that ready. He does not look ready. He does not look like he's capable of playing minutes in the NBA right now. He looks lost out there. And the improvement that he made, not only from the preseason to the regular season, but from the beginning of the regular season to the end of the regular season, was absurd. He he was fantastic. He easily, like even more than Sadiq Bey, I want to say, was a bigger story of the Pistons rookies because of that. Legit, at the beginning of the year, he the, the improvement that he has made has just been crazy. So Isaiah Stewart will always have my respect for that. Even if, like, let's say he stagnates or he, he never gets better from here. Maybe this, let's say this is his ceiling. I always will respect the fact that this dude, throughout the course of his rookie season and his preseason, I said that he would not be able to play. And he improved to the point of that he's going to be on the all-rookie team. He led the all-rookies in blocks and rebounds. So... He was fantastic this year. We all know Isaiah Stewart is fantastic. We all love Big Stew, or not Big Stew, Beef Stew. Let me pay his respects to that nickname. But then also Sadiq Bey, who was named Eastern Conference Player of the Week, not Rookie of the Week, Player of the Week in Week 8. So that's pretty dope. And he also led the, the all rookies with 175 three-pointers. He broke a ton of records for rookies in a season when it comes to outside shooting. The Pistons' uh, Twitter account actually put out an amazing video highlighting everything that Sadiq Bey did this season. It's actually really dope video. Really dope video. I know there's been a lot of clowning of the Pistons Twitter account and their social media account and their branding, all that, whatever. I know there's been a lot of clowning of it, but that that Sadiq Bey video they put out when he was named All-Rookie First Team, that was a dope video. It was incredibly dope. But looking forward, I guess you could say the Pistons are hoping to have another person on one of the All-Rookie teams next year, figuring they're going to have a top six pick at the very least. And we're going to find out tomorrow, again, the big day is coming up. We're going to talk about the big day when we come back, but man, it's 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 here, man. It's crazy. But we'll talk more about that when we come back. But first, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is your help making a short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job subscription immediately reduces hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, go to Indeed.com locked for a $75 credit valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So yeah, man, it's it's here, man. Tuesday, tomorrow, it's going to be here. The big day, the lottery. Did the Pistons losing season? Did the tanking for the final month pay off? Did all of this go down the drain? Did, did they do it for no reason? Are they going to end up outside the top five? Are they going to get some luck finally in their career? They've never once moved up in the lottery with their own pick. Do they move up to one and able to get Kate Cunningham? Do they at least keep their pick at two? Can they at least stay in the top three? Please, who knows what's going to happen? We've been wondering this for so long since the season ended. Once we found out we were going to get the second odds. We've been waiting. 
and it's felt I feel like just yesterday it was like a month away and it's moved by so fast it's here so you already know what we got to do for the next two podcasts we're gonna have two podcasts it's this one and then the next one is all we got before the lottery so both these days we're gonna do a sim of the lottery simulator on Tinkathon let's see what happens let me cross my fingers let's click it all right we clicking it and this one all right I, I guess I should say this isn't that bad even though I'm going to keep it a buck, dude. Every time I do these tankathons, I know, one of the things I've already said to you guys is that the Pistons always end up with six every time I've done it. They don't end up with six on this one. But another thing that happens every time I do these is that one team just makes a wild jump. Every time. One team just makes like a, a huge jump and ends up getting first. So in this one, Indiana ended up with first. They jumped 12 spots to number one. Oklahoma City jumps up two spots to get the second pick. Toronto jumps up four spots and gets the third pick, and the Pistons end up with the fourth pick. So... I mean, I don't know if the fourth pick is that bad. I think they end up with Jalen Suggs right there. That would be my guess is who they would go with. I don't think they're going to get Kaminga, but who knows? The draft, we'll, we'll see what happens at that point. But if they end up with the fourth pick, I don't think that would be the worst thing. I think the worst thing would be getting like five or six. Those two options are the, oh my God, this season was a waste. Fourth, it's like, damn it, man, one pick away. But then, but, but we can deal with four. Three... Two and one, that's what we need right there. So, actually, you know, I want to do one more. I, I want to do one more. I, I have to see it. I, okay, I'm never going to tell you guys what this re- this result was because it's going to piss me off if I tell you guys and you guys are going to be pissed off about it. But, listen, man, there's a lot riding on this lottery. I know we sound like a bunch of losers, honestly, that the fact that we're looking forward to this lottery so much, there's teams playing in the playoffs, there's legit amazing games going on. We got a champion that's going to be crowned in a few weeks. And you got Piston fans over here in Detroit not even caring about any of that. We're just sitting here talking about, oh, did we lose enough to get a good pick? So I know a lot of people from outside other fan bases are probably like, man, you guys sound like a bunch of losers. But the point is, man, this is going to decide whether the Piston season was worth it. And it's going to give us an indicator of what this offseason is going to look like. Because until now, literally all this has been just, Really random, I guess I should say the word. We don't really know anything about the Pistons offseason because I think, it, once again, it all starts with the lottery. If they get the top three pick, then we know, okay, they can get this guy, this guy, this guy, whatever. And then they know we know if they're going to get like a guard. Like if they get third, they're probably getting Jalen Green. That's going to be my assumption. I, I think Evan Mobley is probably going to go two. But then if they get three, we can be like, okay, if they get Jalen Green, this is what can happen in free agency. This is how he slots in with here. But the lottery literally is the first domino that has to fall for us to really give any kind of input on the Pistons offseason because that's when we can really start going. Because not only are we going to know where the Pistons pick, we're also going to know the teams that are ahead of them. So if they end up with three and then the two teams ahead of them, let's say they like need big men or they're, or they're more fascinated with Evan Mobley. Okay, then we know that, okay, Jalen Green's probably going to be there at the Pistons. They're going to end up with Jalen Green. Or if they another team above them needs guards and they like Jalen Green okay we know we're getting Evan Mobley and we can uh, plan accordingly we can talk about the draft we can talk about the uh, not the draft the free agency we can talk about possible trades that happen we can talk about how they fit with this player we can talk about um also a big thing that, that might have to happen what happens if the Pistons fall to five or six who jumps ahead of them who's up there is there a trade partner that can happen we can start talking about fake trades can they package a deal up possibly Jeremy Grant does Jeremy Grant get moved to try and move up into that top spot or if the Pistons even end up with four, is there a team at like six or seven that will want to move up and get Jalen Suggs? And if the Pistons really like Book Knight, they could trade back in one of those picks. Or not just Book Knight. There's obviously other people, but Book Knight's the main one I'm going to bring up because he was the first one rumored 
Troy River really liked. But literally, this this lottery is going to get the ball rolling on so many things because we just can't really. I can't really talk about fake trades right now. I can't really talk about can the Pistons move up because we don't know who's ahead of them. I can't talk about trading back because we don't know who's behind them. So this lottery, man, it's it's a huge J on all fronts. It's going to just. Like I said, get the ball rolling on the Pistons offseason, and I can't wait for it to happen. I'm literally shaking talking about it because it's either going to be really bad or it's going to be really good. I know there's someone on Twitter, Eli, he said that he's going to, if they end up with five or six, he's deleting his Twitter account, and if they end up with one, out of celebration and respect for the fact that Pistons finally moved up, he's still going to delete his account. Now, I'm not going to do nothing like that, but I've already told you guys many times on here that if the Pistons end up with five or six, or possibly even four. If they end up one of those picks, actually no, I take that back. If they end up with five or six, you guys won't hear from me again. I'm sorry. They won't. You guys will be, hey, why isn't there a Locked On Pistons podcast? What's going on? Why why haven't we got one of these? No, you guys will not hear from me again if the Pistons end up with five or six. Four, you guys will get a depressed coup for the next few months. Like you guys will hear me. Like I'll be sounding like Eeyore on here. That's that's what you guys will get. Top three, I'll be ecstatic. I'll be happy even if they fall from two to three. I'll still be happy as long as they get top three. But honestly, what I'm what I'm really looking forward to for the lottery, obviously I want the Pistons to move up, but it's kind of like what I've already mentioned a little bit, is that I really want to find out who's ahead of them and who's behind them. Because then we I'm going to go ahead and spoil what we're going to talk about for the few weeks leading up. I'm going to have multiple people on the podcast. I'm going to try to get people from different uh, locked-on podcasts, people from different uh, cities' teams. And we're going to have them on here because once we, do, once we know who's ahead and who's behind, I want to start talking about trades. I want to start throwing hypotheticals out there. Because I know a lot of people, I've had a couple of you guys tweet at me saying that the Pistons should probably look into trading Jeremy Grant. His, his value is at the highest right now. Why wouldn't you want to trade him right now? I don't think they should trade him. But if the Pistons do fall and we know who's ahead of them, then I can actually start having people on the podcast like, hey, Golden State, uh, come on here. Would you like Jeremy Grant? What would we have to do to get, let's say, four or something, three? Or Houston, or not Houston. What's another team that can move up? Um, Timberwolves, would they want Jeremy Grant? Or would New Orleans, New Orleans, would you like Jeremy Grant? Like, there's all kinds of things. We can do all kinds of things. Toronto, would Toronto want Jeremy Grant? So it's, I, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to finding out who's ahead and who's behind. We can start throwing up these fake trades and hypotheticals of what possibly could happen if the Pistons don't like where they're at. But this is what I want you guys to do for me. I want all of you guys, everyone that's listening, we got one more day when you guys are listening. It's going to be Monday. The lottery's on Tuesday. We got one more day. I want all of you guys who are listening to go to Tankathon, sim the lottery. I want all of you guys to tweet me either at Hill NBA or at Lockdown Pistons. I want all of you guys to go on there. I expect to get like 30 different screenshots at least of people sending me what you guys' results were. And we're going to chuck it all up. I'm going to, if we get a lot of submissions, which I'm telling you guys, do it. On Tuesday, for Tuesday's podcast before the lottery, I'm going to assemble all of them. I'm going to tell you what we got the most. Like, did we get the first pick most of all your guys' submissions, the second, third, whatever, whatever. So make sure you guys all, like I said, at Kuka Hill NBA or at Lockdown Pistons, go to Tankathon, do a sim, and send me the screenshot of what the results were. We'll chuck it up, and we'll go through all that on Tuesday before the big day, the actual thing happens. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Man, I've been waiting to talk about this on the podcast. I know it's a Lockdown Pistons podcast, but I'm sure all of you guys are watching the basketball that's been happening recently, especially over the weekend. We have to talk about it. I have no choice but to talk about it. So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, let me tell you about another one of your guys' sponsors, your favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. 
All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So look, man, this is why I've been really looking forward to talking about on the podcast. I've been wanting to talk about this all week. I couldn't wait to finally get uh, for Sunday to come so I could record for Monday's podcast and talk about this. So we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, man. And the first thing I want to bring up is a former Piston. Reggie Jackson has by far been the best former Pistons in the playoffs. He's by far been the best one. We've had quite a few in the playoffs. We've had Marcus Morris. We have Luke Kennard. We had Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin. We had Tobias Harris in the playoffs. We've had, who else, Boban in the playoffs. We've had a ton of former Pistons all over the place. But by far, the former Pistons point guard, their franchise point guard, Reddy Jackson, he's by far been the best one. So basketball reference does not have today's game on yet, which is, like I tell you guys all the time, it really gets on my nerves that they don't update like this. But before today's game, he was averaging 16.6 points, 3.3 3.3 assists while shooting 50% from the field, 43% from deep, and 92% from free throw range or from the free throw line. In the playoffs, he's part of the 50-40-90 club. He's been going insane. It's crazy. In that last game against Utah in their their game-winning game six, he had 27 points and 10 assists. He had 22 and 10 in the second half. He's going insane. I can't believe it. This is the thing about Reggie. Reggie got a bad rep here. And I didn't like him when he first got here, but I grew to like him very much when he was here. And he, like, like I said, he got a bad rep. And people started blaming him for the things that were going wrong with the Pistons. And honestly, he was never a bad player here. He just got hurt. He constantly was hurt. He ended up, once the Pistons made the playoffs in that 2016 season and got swept by the Cavs, he had that knee injection and that slowed him down for the next few years. Once that happened, then the injuries started piling up on him. But when he was healthy... The Pistons' record was good, and Reggie was good. He was always a good player for the Pistons. He was just asked to do too much, and especially after he got hurt. If he never got hurt, maybe he would have lived up to the contract. But when he got hurt, it was Pistons were asking too much of him, and it was honestly too big of a role for him to have once, once these injuries started setting in on him. But now in LAC, bro, he's in the perfect role. He got Paul George leading the way. He got a, a stacked roster with Batum, Terrence Mann, who went crazy, by the way, in the second game six, dropped 39 points. <laughs> like, what? You got Terrence Mann, you got DeMarcus Cousins, Zubak, Rondo, Beverly, you got the other former president, Luke Kennard, Kawhi, when he's back on the court healthy. So he's not asked to be the number one guy, even though he's damn near playing like the number one guy. He's out here balling out. In today's game, the first game against Phoenix in the game one, he had 24 points and 10 and 19 shooting. Again, over 50% shooting. Second leading scorer. Reggie is playing like he's playing like an above average starter right now for the uh, for the not the Pistons for the Clippers. Above average starter. He's been absurd for them. And it's been great to see. I love watching it because, like I said, Reggie got a bad rep here. You had you know of course the Applebee's incident where people were threatening to go <laughs> basically uh, do some bad things to him. That's all I can say. I don't know if I can say what they were really saying they wanted to do on this podcast. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys know the Applebee story. So he got bad rep here, and then, you know, he was able to go to LAC. He looks athletic. He looks like he's really healthy. It's not just a three-point shot. He's beating people off the dribble like he used to. 
He he looks really good. I'm happy for Reggie, man. I'm happy for Reggie. He was in the locker room. I got to be in the locker room with him my one year of credential media 1920 season. And he was in there and he was a great he was a great person in the locker room. He was really funny. I remember I don't know if I've told the story in the podcast before, but I remember one day I walked in the locker room with some Jordans on and Langston pointed out to me, he's like, Hey man, would you get those? Uh, I remember getting those when blah 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 blah. He started talking about the Jordans. I was like, Yeah, man, you know, these are pretty nice, whatever. And then Langston was like, Hey Reggie, you remember these on here? And Reggie would look down and he was like, Yeah, man, those are pretty dope, man. I, I mess with them. I'm like, hey, thanks, man. You know, Cookie Hill was cheesing at that point. You know, you got these two professional basketball players complimenting you. The two professional basketball players that can buy any shoe the hell they want. They got money. They basically could have threw like $100 at me, just flicked it at me and said, hey, give me the shoes. Like, <laughs> these are the kind of dudes. And they and they turned around having fun with me, joking with me, and complimenting me on my shoes. So Reggie, Reggie always was cool in the locker room. He did take a while, though, to answer questions. He always took like 15 minutes to get ready. And then would sit there for a minute before you answer questions. So that did, that did get on my nerves, Reggie. I, I didn't like that. But he was always a good dude in the locker room. So we definitely got clapping up. If we had the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week today, like it would be Reggie Jackson. We would be spending it all talking about <laughs> Reggie Jackson. because He's been absolutely spectacular. I love to see it. I, I want to see how, what he gets paid. I want to see what happens in the free agency. I want to see how much he gets paid by somebody. I can't wait to see it. He, he deserves a payday. He's playing great in the playoffs. But then also, moving on from former Pistons, man, please tell me you guys watched the Bucks Nets game. That Bucks Nets game was listen. I I told my fiance, my fiance was sitting in the living room with me while I was watching the game, and I was sitting there telling her, I was like, dude, the Pistons haven't had like a meaningful game for me to get like wild up and like anxious and nervous about in a very long time. So usually when I watch Pistons games, I'm just sitting on the couch, you know, watching, analyzing, blah, blah. Game ends, okay, I get my laptop out, I stop ty- I start typing, so I can clips together, get ready to do a podcast, get ready to do an article or a video. Like, that's basically all I do with the Pistons the last few years, because it's just been, there's nothing really to get that excited over now. But the Bucks game, I really wanted Giannis to win. Now, I had a bet with Duncan Smith for the Nets to not lose more than four games the entire playoffs. They had already lost three, so I was like, you know what, screw it. And I want Giannis to win, so I was going for the Bucks. And that game... I was standing up for the entirety of the last, like, five minutes of the fourth and the entire overtime. That game is by far the best game of the season and is one of the all-time classics in the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. That is one of the all-time classic playoff games, at least in my life, that I've watched. That game was freaking incredible. The fact that KD hit that shot to send to overtime, I thought it was a three. I thought he gamed them and sent them home. And KD did too. I don't know if you guys saw the celebration. He was walking away thinking he didn't send them home. But his foot was on the line. That was like, oh my God, okay, we got another five minutes of this. This is crazy. And then to find out after the game that Kevin Durant wears an extra size up in his shoe size. So what happens if he's wearing his regular shoe size? Does he game? Does he send Milwaukee home? Like, that was, it was an amazing game, man. Amazing game. KD went off for 48 points. Blake even had a good game. You got to give props to Blake. Blake looked really good. He was helping. The two biggest helpers for KD on the Nets were former Pistons. Bruce Brown and Blake Griffin. Bruce Brown had 14, 6, and 2. Blake had 17, 11, and 3. Blake ended up fouling out because he was checking Giannis, but they both gave him a lot of help. So then also, even Giannis. Giannis had 40 points. You remember all that smack that was being talked about Giannis after that blowout, what was it, game 2 against the Nets? Here's how Giannis answered those after that game. After game 2, this is how Giannis responded to you guys all calling him trash, calling him, oh, what was it, no bag. He has no bag. This is how he answered you guys, okay? 33 points, 34 points, 34 points, 30 points. And then in the closeout game against Brooklyn, 
in Brooklyn, okay, he drops 40 points in overtime. Not in overtime, but in an overtime game. In 50 minutes played, okay? And you know all that, oh, bud, you got to play Giannis. Giannis can't play big minutes. This is his minutes total at the game two. 43, 38, 42, 41, 50. Giannis came out, balled out, showed out, showed why he's one of the best players in the entire NBA. And if, and honestly, I'm not going to say either of these players outplayed each other. Because him and Giannis went back and forth. Literally, you can say they just went back. I can't say either one played outplayed each other. That's how great both were. KD and Giannis put on an absolute show in this Game 7. It was berserk. And the fact that Giannis was able to answer and basically put the Bucks ahead in overtime and give them that lead was about, what was it, 55 seconds left with that hook shot on KD. Worked KD in the post and gave them that lead. It was, it was an insane game, dude. I cannot... Like, I cannot put in any more words how crazy and how much fun I had enjoying that game. And this is another thing. This is another thing I want to talk about. And this kind of goes back to the Pistons. Small markets. Screw this whole big market thing. That We are having amazing basketball from small market cities. This is amazing. Brooks just put on one of the best games of the season. I think the best game of the season. That was an absolute joy to watch. And then today, when I'm uh, recording this on Sunday, the Suns put on an absolute show, too, against the Clippers. You got Paul George showing up against D-Book. D-Book was fighting back and forth with uh, Paul George. There was a point in the third quarter where D-Book scored like 12 straight points, all from the elbows. He was like 100 for 100 from the elbows. D-Book dropped 40 points, a 40-point triple-double. And Phoenix... We don't need the, like, what's this, all this talk? Oh, LeBron's not in the playoffs. Steph's not in the playoffs. Where's Kawhi? Where's all these, like, bro, we don't need all of that. Stop feeding into all that. Stop spreading that. The media needs to do a better job at hyping up these games because these games are amazing. And all these small market teams are incredibly fun to watch. They are the best teams in the playoffs. They are incredible to watch. This is so much fun. I've had so much fun watching these playoffs, honestly, without the big-name players in there, without LeBron, without Steph, without all these guys in there, the big market team, L.A. Lakers, the, the Brooklyn Nets are now out. Who else Who else was a big market team that ended up leaving? I mean, the Celtics. I mean, we don't need any of those teams, those players, because the, the new – I'm telling you guys right now, the new era of basketball is here, and they are great to watch. This weekend of basketball, following the Bucks and Nets game, then back it up right after that, the next day with that, that Suns-Clippers game, it's been absolute joy to watch. Man, I had a blast watching this weekend. I hope all you guys watched because it was amazing. So I hope all you guys were rooting for the Bucks as well because that's a win for big small markets, I mean. That's a win for them. Giannis decided to be loyal to them inside that Supermax with Milwaukee. That's a win for small markets teams to show them that, hey, we can build a good team. We can win these games if you just give us a chance. That's a win for us. Every small market team, small market fan, I should say, should have been rooting for Milwaukee. I can't wait. Literally watching those games and seeing how hype I got over those games, I can't wait till the Pistons get back in the playoffs. I can't wait. It's going to be so dope when they get back and they're not just going out there to get swept. When they're going out to be competitive, it's going to be so amazing. I can't wait. So I hope you guys enjoyed the playoffs this weekend. Continue to watch moving forward because these playoffs, man, who cares if it doesn't have LeBron or Steph or any of the other big market teams, whatever. Who cares? Because these guys that are in here right now, amazing. And even right now, we got the Hawks and 76ers game seven. Another young team in Atlanta has a three-point lead on 76ers with two and a half minutes left. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast because I want to get back out there and finish this game. I was watching before I started recording, but I want to get back out there and watch the end of this game. Trey Young just hit a three. 
And now they're up by six. On Philadelphia, with two minutes left, the young Atlanta Hawks. Who thought this was going to happen? Like, bro, I don't need to hear about all the big superstars. This right here is amazing basketball. Seeing these young teams and new guys upsetting these, these bigger markets, these bigger stars. It's amazing. These, these, this is amazing basketball. I, I got to get out there and watch this. They just called timeout. I got to get out there. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. One more day, guys. One more day. It's the big day. It's the big event. I can't wait. Make sure you guys send me all of those submissions with the screenshots of the lottery simulator that you guys did. And today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I tell you this much, I'm about to go out there and enjoy the hell out of the 76ers Hawks finish. So I hope you guys are also watching. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast, man. See you guys later.